Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. Night on Fast stocks rocketing to new all-time highs. But if you missed out on this record rally, the chart master's got two names that could be the ultimate catch-up trades. Plus, restaurant stocks left in the cold today. So what is causing this indigestion for the sector? We'll Ooh. dig in. And later, we're setting you up for a very busy week ahead for earnings. We'll break down the key names you need to watch. We begin tonight's show by making a list and mm. checking it twice. Why, you ask? Well, because we're just 53 days oh, away Mariah. from Christmas. 53 days, 6 hours, 59 minutes, 20 seconds. Who's counting? Hear the music, the groans on the desk. <laughs> no, we're not talking retail. We're talking the Santa Claus rally. We want to know, with stocks hitting new record highs, Don't is say there it. any room left for a Santa Claus that rally? That is... Or will investors be left with just a giant lump of coal? Wow. You know, along with how was your turkey day? Well, gobble, gobble, turkey day gobble, gobble, gobble. And gobble yesterday, your favorite day of the year. And ye- yesterday, Halloween. Love Halloween. Love Halloween. But the Santa Claus makes me cringe. It's like, Ugh, like that. Did you see what I did? I did Sit yeah, there, cringe. Bad news is, it's probably <laughs> it feels as though it's, <laughs> we're right on the verge of one. Look, bad news is good news for the market. Good news is good news. Doesn't matter. It seems like the market just wants to go higher. I think Steve's been alluding to that for a while. Here's sort of the fly in the ointment if you're so inclined. If you look at where the VIX closed today, 12 and the low 12s, this is basically the same level it bottomed out late July. Go back and look what happened in late July. So if the VIX is any indicator of anything, these have been levels where when it bottoms out here, typically the market tops out. Now, with that said, I've thought that for a while. But again, with VIX at this level, it, I think it's the, the warning signs now are flashing red. We had tremendous price action today. Close at the highs of the session. We had the, the cyclicals really rally. I mean, the best parts of the market were energy, materials, industrials. Yeah, so you have this rotation. I mean, we've seen a lot of rotations in this market over the last uh, year and a half. And they really haven't yielded a breakout to new highs. They've yielded some incremental new highs. This feels and maybe looks a little differently. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact where we are in the calendar is what you're alluding to. And I just make one point. Think back to this time back in 2017. We were probably having the same discussion as we went into November. And what did we get? We got some catalysts that took the market straight up. And then we kept on going into January. And I think Tim would tell you what was the most overbought we ever had in January of 2018. And we had a pretty sharp decline. So I think everything is in place if the news flow doesn't get much worse to have this thing break out finally. But then we're headed oh, for wow. a decline afterwards. That's I mean, we're waiting for the worst. Well, that, that, so, so, so if you're looking at seven, 17, 18, no, the higher we go right now is the lower we go next year. See, there uh, it is. Big butt. Got, got to have it. So, <laughs> so we talked about retail. And if you think about retail as a sector, there's really been no uh, collective part, I think, of the S&P that's underperformed more relative to its peer group. So you're down almost 20 percent going through the lows of where we, we started to dig ourselves out of. But the S&P um, has been, uh, to me, I, I think, doing what it's been doing based upon trade or politics or the Fed. But retail has been show me. You have a lot of companies in retail that are a combination of they have these secular di- stories that are, that, are, that are broken. You have uh, logistics dynamics that are that are also part of it, but they're the ultimate cyclical story. So on a day when you saw that 
payroll numbers tell you people have jobs, that the working hours were right there where they need to be uh, going into the Christmas season. And that's the part of the economy that has been spending and supporting the, the overall U.S. economy. So it makes sense to me that people should be rotating. But I, I would rather be in a FedEx. I would rather be in the Uber cyclicals that, to me, have valuation arguments. And if you're going for a payroll number that tells you the economy is OK, go for the places that have discounted recession. Well, even better than that, we had Jerome Powell earlier this week tell us that the bar is extremely high. It's raise for them rates. To be raising rates. So right. we're going to be here for a long time. So if I asked you all the reasons why the market sold off, I will tell you all of them are either better or not as bad as we had thought. China, earnings, Powell. So it does set up, but the big caveat we're switching sides here is that we're almost overbought in the S&P. What is almost? This to, well, we're, we're literally 10 handles away from an overshoot level. So I think that we can sell off short term in the S&P and then rally into year end. But I think we're going to have to give some back. This was much too much, much too fast. Hi. So? Hi. Oh, hi. Well, I mean, I thought the S&P was going to top out a while ago. So I hear what Steve is saying. I mean, in terms of all the indicators, it seems as if we're getting to levels where we're completely overbought. But in terms of playing catch up, and we're going to have the great Carter Braxton Worth on our show. And the pantheon of, of technical. He's on the Parthenon for sure. I mean, he's right I there. So. I mean, it's, it's, it really is amazing. But I think energy is really, you have this stealth rally in energy. Some of these oil service names, Schlumberger off the low. Dan's giving me the wave. But uh. SLB's had a really nice move. Halliburton, you look at some of the refiners. Valero's had a huge move. I think energy stocks you are You can't find you, any help, Maybe though. they're going it, higher. Refiners are great, but EMPs, that's where you struggle. Large integrated names, you struggle. And if you look at them just on a monthly basis, you can get something out of them. But when you look back five years, the only ETF that is still negative after five years is energy. The sector energy is still trouble. Yeah, I was just going to mention this. You said that all the things that were concerning the market at different points of this year when we were having equities sell off are better. You know, listen, that can change on a dime. We know that. Relative. I'll tell you what I think is kind of different, though. I think the fact that we did not see yields go higher on a day like today when you saw the data that we did, they probably should have in a way. When you think about that this week we got the third consecutive rate cut since July, which takes out um, a third of the increases that we've had since the Fed started raising rates a few years ago. Um, to me, and I know that Peter Bookvar has made this case very eloquently this week, any cuts that we get from here on out are going to be addressing global economic weakness, not this kind of insurance sort of setup that this is what the Fed really set to do, this mid-cycle adjustment. So from here on out, with rates going lower, then I start getting concerned about what that means about global growth and growth here. And we heard a lot about economic data stabilizing this. That manufacturing data did not tell us that. I don't think the jobs number was as strong as a lot of as the S&P up 1% oh. says it was today. If you look where those gains were coming from, that sort of thing. So to me, I don't think it's that impressive. So you're, you're saying that you, you, you're concerned that rates didn't go higher on a day like today. Rates actually were up. I'm not trying to correct you in public. A little I'm bit. Trying to tell no, you no, you that, are. Yeah, but, that, that ultimately, but they're no, down but, week over week. I'm trying to understand. Are you telling me that you're worried that if rates continue to head lower, that's a terrible sign and that's everything the market was discounting? I'm telling you, if the 10-year Treasury yield goes back and tests that 145 level that it was at a couple yeah. months ago, that is not going to be a good thing for U.S. equities. That's well, well we, we have a split screen here. And I, I would make an argument yeah, well, that actually, go. you know, we tested that 50-day uh, on rates, and, and actually we, we bounced a bit higher today. So, you know, to me, ultimately, 
the, the market, I think, has discounted that the Fed could do almost nothing until mid-2020. I know, but and, yeah. and that's a case where I, for equities, though, we, I, but I'm agreeing. We want yeah. to see rates going. I, I guess my point is that we keep hearing about this rate differential. What's Europe going to do? What are all these weak economies going to do? They're going to continue to have accommodative monetary policy that's going to continue Central to put pressure around the world. on the rates. And that is one of the reasons why we still going to have people today. get Europe's put, outperformed the United States. And you're still going to have people get I mean, pushed into equities, though. So if, if that happens, I think you're going to wind up the net result is that they're going to look for growth and where they could find it. And that's going to be probably in the equity market. Probably or maybe not. Think of all we've discounted. Go back we, to we've it. discounted recession <laughs> in Germany for two quarters. We've discounted, you know, Hong Kong PMIs. We know what's going on there, but, you know, we're at 43. They were Hong at March Kong, of 2000. But isn't that well in the price? And if you have central banks that are throwing everything in the kitchen sink at the problem, you're going to start to get some Well in what price? In the Dare price I say, of guy, in the price of equity? Green shoots. Oh, green shoots. What was that thing we used to do? New beginnings. Oh, my God, that was awful. Classic Fast Money fans. Um, we want to take a trip to the Parthenon now. Uh, if, you sure. missed, if you missed out on this rally, the chart master's got two names he says are perfect catch-up trades. Carter is over at the Plasma to tell us what they are. Hey, Carter. Right, so just as a matter of technique, there's two things you can do if things are generally advancing. You can go with a real winner and press your bets that it will get even stronger, having already led, or double back and find a real loser and make the bet that it will catch up, or do a barbell approach, a little bit of both. But this exercise here is picking two names, one a Dow Jones industrial name, one a Dow Jones transportation name, that have lagged and, and playing for catch-up. Sixteen stocks only in the S&P 100 down on the year. S&P 100 is basically 95 percent of the weight of the S&P 500, so we're very top-heavy. But let's look at two that I think represent an opportunity. So Walgreens and FedEx. Here is a chart, and, and basically, you know, it's down and to the right. They're, and they're almost remarkably the same in terms of performance over the past year. Now put in the S&P just for good optics, and obviously this is the situation. These are laggards. There's your benchmark. Can we make a bet that maybe these are catching up? There are a couple ways to slice it and dice it. Let's start with... Walgreens and compare it to its direct peer, CVS. So here is a lag, and again, very correlated, obviously, very correlated, and then they come apart, right? And so I think you've got a catch-up trade in Walgreens relative to CVS, but also to the market itself. Now look at a few Walgreens charts. No judgments or annotations by me, and now let's draw some lines. What we know is this is a fairly well-defined rounding bottom, and you have the potential to quickly fill this gap and what that would be on an earnings bead or some other good piece of news. I think that's quite important. Another way to draw the lines, then, is with this comparative. This is FedEx and UPS. Just as one CVS and Walgreens and a dispersion, you have the same thing here, FedEx lagging. And again, quite correlated for what it's worth, and then divergence. So take a look. Let's do a chart or two. Now, here's the thing that's appealing to my eye. One, we basically held the prior low. But two, we've gotten to this downtrend line, and we pushed above it one time and then backed away, and now we're, we're probing it again. If you come to it once but get above and then try to get at it again, usually that's the time that you're going to get there, and there's a slight gap to be filled here. We might have this here. I think ultimately we're going to do the same thing we're going to fill that gap. And that just as you had a quick down, and that's the nature of gaps, you can get a very quick up. Two laggards that, big names that I think are an opportunity. 
Come on over, Carter. Sure. sure. Bet. Will will bring the chair in. You know, it was Will's birthday last week. We really? never had an opportunity to oh, wish him like a happy 17th birthday. birthday so wow. happy birthday, kid. Really nice moment. your license. Yeah. Um, more broadly for the markets, do you see seasonality kicking in to the end of the year? Well, it's already, right? I mean, to some extent. So if you look at the data, 1928 to present, what the 72% uh, of the time, Q4 is up. Uh, median mean performance is around three, three and a quarter. We're up, you know, what are we up for the quarter? We're up one and a half, maybe two. We're close. The question is this. You're never going to get a replay of last year. Last year was the worst October since 2009, the worst December since 1929. Seasonality, do, do, do we come in in Jan 1 and everyone walks away, right? Last year was a huge January. Do they kind of keep it going, whoever they are, they are all of us, and then people say, you know what, now we are going to worry about general inability. The, the fact that as we were sitting here tonight when I was coming... The national debt just crossed over $23 trillion. Just now. The Boom. Just Boom. like that. And, but no problem. No worry about that. <laughs> so who's going to pay the bill? Anyway, but we'll see. January, if you're going to have trouble, is as good a time as any. You talk about this gap between, or the, you know, the relative value, or you're really talking about relative charts between FedEx and UPS. Talk to me about transports. Talk to me the other parts of what we want oh, to see. Are, they, are you excited about... Working, right? Right. Transports are still like Transports, New York Stock Exchange, but so many of these industries are still below where they were uh, almost two years ago. But it's a catch-up trade. It depends on which one. Versus CHRW, one of the biggest truckers around, literally collapsed this week, dropped 25% on its earnings. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a mixed bag. You've got to pick your, pick your spot. So, so, Carter, obviously lots of mixed bags out there. You mentioned two names that actually have some kind of, like, fundamental headwinds to them. When you look at, like, a letter X today had this big squeeze, what about, like, as we get into retail earnings, some of these names like Macy's, could you make the case for that left for dead and that this is a, an area well, where you might see Well, let's think about the two, what are the two biggest moves in terms of prominent names this week? General Electric yeah. and Mr. Buffett's Heinz Ketchup, yeah. right? Huge moves. What is their commonality? Their precondition is they're down, 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 yep. right? So sometimes you get asymmetrical pops of something that's li literally a digger just going down forever. Carter, we'll see you in options action. Love OA. Thank you. A Carter digger. Braxton Worth. Coming up, pop the Pepto. Food stocks leaving investors feeling a little queasy today. So are these hunger pangs here to stay? We will debate that. And later, as Carter mentioned, GE lighting it up this week. We'll tell you if this is the beginning of an even bigger breakout for the stock. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money Stocks. Closing out the week with new records, but there was one group feeling some indigestion. The food stocks getting grilled today. McDonald's, Starbucks, <laughs> and Wendy's all falling while the broader markets rally. So are any of these names staying on your menu, Dan? <sighs> Why do you laugh so hard when I go to it's, Dan? It's, no, it's the writing. It's nothing to do with Dan. I just oh, love the Tundra, the Pearls. I, I will tell you that in the last couple of weeks, I had my first Chipotle burrito that I've had since this whole event. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was delicious. Um, listen, you know, this, we started talking about this on our call earlier Still today early. because these were names that obviously Starbucks you want to throw in there, McDonald's. Um, you know, there was a lot of things going for them in the, in the sort of economy that we've been in the last couple of years. And the stocks have been trading really well. Well, since the summer, they've been trading really poorly. They broke those uptrends that have been in place. 
They were outperforming, and now they've kind of come back in line with the market. And I think that these are kind of important names to keep an eye on, especially a McDonald's. When you think about where we're getting some of these job gains, they may be telling you something a little different. That's or, or is it a matter of they were the safety bets when the market was yeah. moving sideways and a, a name like McDonald's is sold off when the market starts ripping higher. So I would say if you're going to buy anything on the sell-off, I would buy McDonald's. Uh, that would be at the top of the list. Well, I, I would just I would point out that you know, Chipotle's up uh, 80% on the year. A lot of these names, granted, in the last six weeks or two months, the, those charts are difficult-looking charts. But this is rotation. So this is totally about big, iconic global brands where you actually have balance sheet, you have dividend payments, you have things that give people confidence. You have a consumer, which at least we're, we're arguing that a lot of their demographic are the folks that have jobs, that have higher wages. But you get to a place where valuation at some point always matters. And, and McDonald's shouldn't trade at 35 times, even if their U.S. same-store sales comps are growing at 5 or 6%, which is the best they've done in a long time. At some point, there is a limit to what people pay. The rotation in the market uh-huh. is everything about what's going on but in these stocks. If we stock. see a rotation out of a Starbucks and McDonald's, shouldn't we also see a similar rotation out of a name like Procter & Gamble, let's say? And you, Maybe you're starting to, because people say, well, if the, if the market's going to rally, why do I need to be in these ridiculously valued stocks when I can get some of the laggards like a FedEx that seems to be gaining steam? But can I go off the board. You're going. You're, you are. You're not, why even ask? For 500, please, Melissa, because there okay. is a stock that I think today is November 1st. Yes. That means Saturday 2nd, Sunday the 3rd, November 4th is Monday. Monday. Shake Shack reports after the oh. bell. And if, mm. and if you look, it is round trip that breakout from August all the way back down to this $80 level. Now, Tim is right. Valuations matter. And the valuation is this is ridiculous. But 19% short interest. One has to wonder that if Shake Shack says anything remotely good on Monday, will you get a move to the upside? I think you actually And you right. actually worked at Shake Shack for some time. Of course, I did. I was yeah. absolutely... Don't... The disdain in your voice... No, but you, you sometimes we worry, are we... Is this non-material public information coming from Shake Shack guy? Oh, no, <laughs> Tim. No, there's not. No. But I did well, wear... And I didn't wear a hairnet. Yes. Because uh, I just won't do that. But back to the original question that I had in terms <laughs> yeah. of rotation out of the... More highly priced. It depends on if general. those staples are still earning money, though. How earnings look like on those other and staples? Still earning money and yeah, but but it's when you're when you're, when you're slowing or when you have comp sales uh-huh. that you're thinking about. That well, look at Wendy's. Wendy's is making a twenty million dollar investment in breakfast. Are they really going to get back? That's why that stock sold off. Right. Shake Shack's margins are getting squeezed. They're expanding, and they're not going to get premium dollar the way they do in New York City locations everywhere else that they're, exp- everywhere else they're expanding. I just think that if you're a, a longer-term investor and you're investing on fundamentals, uh, I'm not going to – I can't say with generalization to the entire group of them, but a lot of them, and I think McDonald's fundamentals are fantastic with the exception of the valuation. So uh, are you being overly tactical in how you're trading McDonald's at home? I doubt it. Um, you want to know if something has suddenly changed in the fundamentals, or if there's something wrong in their business model, or structurally something's going on in that sector, regulatory period. And otherwise, um, and I'm long the stock, so just to be clear, but it doesn't mean I trade out of it based upon this move with this type of an I, I guess what, what my point is this, is that Starbucks was trading $50 mid-2018, and it traded $100 this summer, and since then it's basically sold off 17%. Couldn't even rally. It rallied for like a few hours after its earnings today. I think this is more than just a rotation because they're moving into other things. I think this is something being said about some names that got really expensive, that got really crowded, and I think that we are likely to see that in more so. We've seen it in SaaS stocks, within tech. There's been pockets in different groups that are doing this, and I just don't think it's that particularly healthy, personally. All right. Speaking of food, CNBC sat down with Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson earlier today. You can see that full interview on CNBC.com. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. 
Shares of General Electric closing out one of their best weeks of the year. Is this turnaround for real, or is it a flash in the pan? And later, will we see fireworks in the Magic Kingdom when Disney reports earnings next week? We'll break down what the options market is saying ahead of that report. All that and more when we return. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Monday when Omega Advisors Leon Cooperman joins Halftime Report, the hedge fund uh, funder engaged in a war of words with Democratic hopeful Elizabeth Warren. We'll get his thoughts on her beef with billionaires. That's Monday noon Eastern on CNBC. Here's a GE talking to tape this week up more than 15 percent. The big gains coming after the company posted better than expected earnings and raised its cash flow guidance for the year. GE closing out its best week in more than a year. In fact, shares are up more than 40 percent in 2019. You're long the stock, Russell. I'm still long it. The, the barometer at $10 level is big. And when you look at uh, power, that's stabilizing at this point. Free cash flow guide moving higher. Larry Kupp has been given the benefit of the doubt. And now there's no reason for investors to stray away from that. I'm staying long. I thought about buying more, but I think you buy more when it dips below 10. The bears are not convinced, but the long should probably stay there. It's a binary outcome to me. I always go with the slogan GE20 in 2020. Wow. Um, it, it, was, it, it was certainly my number one pick in the Power Lunch stock draft back in April. So it was nice yep. to get you know, a 30% move off the bottom to get out of the seller on this one. Um, I, the key to GE is free cash flow. So the question is, are you encouraged by what you got? And this is reason to upgrade from here. Right now, you've got a free cash flow yield of 2 or 3%, which isn't giving you some sense that they're going to pay down a lot of debt. When they were asked about their debt repayment, which to me, this is all about a balance sheet issue, um, they said we're making progress. They didn't say we're on track. And I was reading J.P. Morgan's report. They pointed that out as a big deal. That, that, that concerned them because it says, you know what, I want to hear on track, not making progress, and I need to see more free cash flow. That's the crux here. J.P. Morgan is known as the axe in the stock. Mr. Uh, Stephen Tusa. Still sticks by his $5 target. He's been the axe. He's been right. I mean, I think he's been right on the way down, not on the way up. On the way down. The the last three months, he's been incorrect. We'll see. I mean, he's done extraordinary work in this stock. He says five. If he says five, who am I to argue with him? So you're you're sticking with the five too? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Time for the final trade. (laughs) Boom. So we're talk- we were talking about industrials, we were talking about rotation, and FedEx, certainly Carter uh, gave us a lot of room on this one to look at whether it's relative value to UPS and other transports, that this might be the one. I think this is indicative of an oversold assessment to the entire economy. FedEx, get long. Bausch Health Companies have been along this one for quite some time. It's just starting to move up. It's off the bottom. Larry Robbins, this is he's the fourth largest holder in Bausch Health Companies. 
Price targets are about $30 on the street. I think you can move there. It's an upside of about 20% from here. We haven't talked about it in a long time. Yeah, Gosh. yeah, beautiful. Daniel? Yeah, well, on last night's program, you had a power pitch, Tim, on it the was, Disney. It was a rare Report moment next week. in power pitch land, Stick by the way. Stick around on OA. We're going to teach you, you know, we're going to tell teach. you how you can play this thing nice for the team. long side. He won, guy. I don't know if you're. I, I wasn't watching. I I was on. A, I was. I had the time of my life last night. Quickly, we have fans all over the country. Yes. Gulf Shore High School in Gulf Shore, Alabama. I'm not even kidding around. There's six class, six period marketing class watches this show. Really? Hello. Sixth grade. Sixth period. Sixth grade. Valero. That sucker's going home. All right. We'll see you after this action. That's up next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.